Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. I um, got my eyeglasses tinted. And the thing about eyeglasses, when you get them tinted, you are collaborating, but you don't know what it's going to look like. You really don't. You pick a lens out, but you think you know what it's going to look like. And they say, maybe we'll make it a shade lighter than this. And you say, that sounds good. And I've done this twice. I've spent a lot of money doing it. And um, each time it's come out a little bit wrong. This is an example of it coming out wrong. Why? Because it's too dark way too dark. I have been wearing sunglasses indoors. That's what it looks like. I wear these into the night. I don't like wearing contacts that much. So I've just been walking around with essentially sunglasses on for the past two weeks. Okay. So now I feel bad for you, but I I really wanted to just make fun of you. Thank you. Devin and I have been watching two franchises. One is Love is Blind season three. Which I don't want to say this season's the craziest because really they all stand alone as some of the craziest reality television I have ever seen. Devin, you have a broader reference library for crazy reality shows. It is some of the craziest reality TV I've ever seen. Although I my boyfriend and I did go back and start from season one because he's never seen. I actually didn't even let him watch the pods of um, (laughs) this season three because I started without him and then he took interest and he was like, oh, can we go back and like watch the pods? And I was like, absolutely not. You missed your chance. So now we're going back to season one and season one is also still so crazy. Like I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) this has just always been insane. Although I will say that the Lachey's have aged approximately 75 years in the span of three seasons of <laughs> I this show. I noticed that. I, know, I I thought, who did Vanessa Lachey's makeup she on the reunion? like shit. I'm sorry, but do better. Like, I feel the same way about Rachel's appearance when she came to the Bachelor in Paradise. It's like, you're on national television. Try a little bit harder. Like, why 
Did you look in the mirror? Did you think like this Rachel could've... looks like she drank eight martinis before showing up to the island? She looks she, she looks sloppy. Wasted. And I'm like, could you have tried a little harder? Like, did you look in the mirror? It's like, what are you wearing? Like a like a flouncy A-line skirt from American Eagle circa 2004 and like a weird loose slinky top. Like, no. But I mean, Vanessa Lachey is whole nother level. It's it's atrocious what she puts on and wears on this camera. She always has her hair up in like a really unflattering bun directly on top of her head. Her makeup looks like shit. And Nick is like all bloated, weird looking. And uh, uh, but they looked normal season one. I don't know what's gone down. I don't know either. I I just thought, listen, I look like shit half the time. I literally went to what I thought was a screening last night and it turned out to be a premiere and I was in a hoodie. People were literally in stilettos and I was in a hoodie, combat boots and a dress. But but OK, so you were in a dress. <laughs> I know, but I'm um, always in a dress. And it was like one I got from eBay. Anyway, my point being, who am I to judge? But I'm still judging. And that actually should be on a pillow in my house okay. who am I to judge. But yet here I am. No, but this is the thing. It's like we're not putting ourselves on national television. That is true. That is true. We're not putting ourselves on national television. And honestly, what I want to say about the Vanessa Lachey thing is that she's stunning. Like Nancy. Really? Shit. I don't think think so. I think she's beautiful. Okay. I don't think think so anymore at all. Well, I think like you have all it takes. Just, you know, like maybe don't stay up all night before you record. Because that's what it looks like. She has a she has a face like she smelled something bad. Like that is true. That is she true. Has she that. does have an expression that she just smelled a big fat turd. Um, Didn't have to say it like that. Well, you said something bad and I wanted to I'm you know, I'm a writer. I like details. I try to go in deeper. I don't want to just stay too broad. I thought, what did she smell? I thought the worst smell could be Nick Lachey's turd. And I think that's what she smelled. Oh, God. Well, Keep this in. so <laughs> so. The only thing that I think is worth talking about in this finale of Love is Blind is the Clementines. There's nothing (laughs) there's nothing else to discuss. And it says nothing. It says everything. It says everything about who these people are. I think now go ahead with your opinions first. We have not even discussed this at all. I'm really interested to hear what you think. Okay, so when we mentioned the Clementines, we are talking about Zeneb and Cole. So Cole obviously seems like the villain he is so boring borderline conservative totally the kind of guy who says he likes trump's fiscal policies like you can totally see him being a a totally open conservative he and zenib seem like they actually get along though and they're in love whatever but he makes these very weird comments about her appearance that i will say i can see a lot of guys in america make regularly like, for instance, he calls her a nine out of 10. Once a coworker told me I was a seven when I was 22 years old. Um, so he told me with hoops, you're an eight. And I said, bitch, thank you. <laughs> and I really was happy about that that day. Um, and only in retrospect, I thought that is wild for just a man to openly rate you. But she did say rate me. He said nine out of 10. He told her multiple times that she was not necessarily his type. He did the love is blind thing that we've seen before where he said, you know, like, I'm just I'm mentally I'm so attracted to her. She's so amazing. I'm just like not physically totally there, whatever. So she's already wildly insecure about that, as anyone would be now on the reunion. I was like, 
is production watching Cole? Like, are they monitoring his mental health? He looked like unwell. He looked unwell. And to the point where I thought, is it is it immoral to watch this show? Because he looks like he needs serious help. He was crying. And the, the pictures of him crying that have circulated Twitter look like someone who needs help. Like, I, I literally was like, is this okay? Is production... Have they done psych evals of people before putting them through this? Because obviously, if you're going to do this show, you know, you're working not with a full deck. So all of the girls on the show, Bartiz to me seems like the real villain because he's very also Cole seems like he has some regret. He's capable of guilt. So I'm sorry to jump all over the place, but Zeneb acts like she wants to marry Cole. He even asks her, like, if we were getting married tomorrow, would you do this? And she's like, yes, I would in a way that you're like, you fucking hate this guy. You hate him. So at their wedding day, she's like crying. Even when I was watching it, my friend was like, oh my gosh, she's like so emotional because she talks about how she want, you know, wishes her parents were there. And it's really heartbreaking when she gets to the altar. She goes off on him about how he has torn apart her self-esteem and she is not going to stand for it and leaves. All of her friends clap and he looks like he's going to fall apart. And at the reunion, he says, like, I didn't even text you because I was so confused. I thought I'm never going to date someone ever again and et cetera, et cetera. I do not think Cole is probably like a smart person. I don't want to know what his political views are. Um, I felt bad for him. I 1000%. Was just, like, this is really dark. You do not seem well. I'm really, I, it seems like she thought she was doing what Deep D did, which was like yes. sticking up for herself. She Thank thought, you. She, she thought yes. that was going to be what it looked like. What it looked like instead was someone who all along, even when the person checked in with them being like, are you, are you, do you love me? Do you want to do this? Was planning on launching a grenade yep. um, at the wedding. Yep. And listen, do I want to date Cole? Do I think that he would be a good boyfriend? No, he asked her if she was bipolar, but at the wedding, she seems to think that it's like a girl boss move. Yep. And instead it looks like, wait, why did you do that? It, it just seems very calculated and very weird, which everyone seems to agree with. At the reunion, you can tell that she has talked to Nancy. She has talked to Raven. She has talked to Alexa and told them that Cole monitored how much she ate. That is what she said and intended. Now, if anyone came to me and said, my boyfriend monitored how much I ate, I would believe them because I trust women, believe women, hashtag. I am all about that. I would never discount what anyone said. And in fact, if they hadn't aired the cuties footage, I would probably be on Zenib's side still. But they did. And she said that Zenib base. I mean, she said that Cole basically told her like not to eat cuties. Um, and these are he, mini clementines, by the way, these are mini clementines. He actually looks very scared and confused. He's like, please air this footage. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? To the point where even before seeing the footage, I thought like, wow, he truly believes he's not doing anything wrong. Like there must be some confusion here because it's just clear that there is something, something's awry. Um, we see the footage, which you can tell the producers aired for Cole. 
Like you can tell that they were like, this is actually really fucked up. Yeah. The footage is, first of all, them just like Cole talking excitedly, very animated about plans to make after they get married. Like, we'll go to Europe and meet your family. And he's so excited. Like, it's very clear that he is making plans. She clearly hates him. Like, yep. it's very like cold, whatever. In the meantime, yep. she is taking out a bowl to peel to cuties, clementines. He asks her while they're chewing on another snack together, looks to camera. He asks her, oh, are you going to eat both of those? Or, or, are you going to eat both of those? And she says, yeah. And he says, but you have to save room like for this huge dinner we're going to have later. And then she goes, I've only had a banana and some peanut butter today. He looks with objective confusion and go instead of like, listen, if you're controlling a woman's meals, you'd be like, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. Or whatever. I don't know what you would do. But he looks confused and says, what? You've only had a peanut butter and a banana today. What? And he and why? And he goes, oh, are you trying to like lose weight for the wedding or and she acts like it's a secret from him. She's like, yeah, you wouldn't understand. And then sorry, by the way, for people who watch this, but I just found this so insane and so fucked up. And then um, he says, I offered you a poke bowl earlier today and you said no. So I have so many thoughts. I obviously, I think you are fine with me saying this, Devin. Um, Both of us have struggled with eating disorders and in no minor way. But I've never gone through a guy telling me, you know, what not to eat. But for instance, I had a boyfriend in college and I said something like, I gained weight and I'm really worried. He's like, oh, my God, is your therapist concerned? Which to me, I was like, just be like, you can gain 30 pounds. I wouldn't care. Yeah. But it's like, but you know what? That's not anyone's responsibility, but my own, like my mental illness is no one's responsibility, but my own. That is a really good point. I understand if it's like, I mean, I have so much to say about this, but in response to what you're saying right now, I understand that you can say like, Hey, when you said that, like it kind of, that's true. Made me feel like self-conscious because I have this issue and I know you didn't mean anything by it. And like, I love you, but it just like brought something up. Can you just be like a little bit more aware when you're talking about food stuff? Totally. Been there, had that discussion. Makes total sense. That's really true. All good. But for her to hold on to this and bring it up later as like proof that this is a horrible person. Okay. Let me say this. First of all, this is why Andy Cohen is the best to ever do it. And the Lachey's like just are not good enough and need to be gone because anytime the housewives try to bring up footage being an issue like editing was an issue or they didn't show this but this happened andy will nip that in the fucking bud and say that's not true we would have shown that if that happened and i'm sorry but they would have shown it if cole was trying to control with zenob eight they would have included every second of that they want to show abuse that's what these shows are about i've seen every season of mary at first sight (laughs) They would not miss the smallest microaggression. They left in when he said, oh, her name is Zenob. Of course, I knew she wasn't going to be my typical type, a.k.a. like a weird racial microaggression. So first of all, that's bullshit. Second of all, what happened here is Zenob met Cole. Immediately, she knew she didn't like him. I could tell in their first night together on the honeymoon in the pool when she when he was trying to dunk her in the pool and joking around about it. She realized I'm not attracted to this person. He is a boy and I want to be with a manlier person. But and then she's annoying made, me. She's annoyed every second she is with him. 
she's annoyed by him. She made a decision in that moment to turn this into a victim story about her. She thought she could turn it into something like what Deep D had with Shake. But here's the difference. Shake is an actual sociopath. When Deep D said the the very mild thing at the altar where she was like, I'm choosing myself. I don't. That's all. And then walked away and had an emotional conversation with her mom where in private she said all the stuff about how he didn't treat her right. But in public, she just said, I don't. Shake, no tears, not upset at all. He immediately starts talking shit. He's like, I was going to break up with her or whatever. Cole I have a resident and- open next week. Cole was actually deeply affected by this. He immediately starts sobbing. He's humiliated. He's a human being. He's not a sociopath. So first of all, you're not going to get your deep tea moment because you're in a completely different situation than that person was. And the number one difference is that you hate your husband. You hate Cole. You don't like him. So just own the fuck up to that and stop trying to make it like, it like it's all his fault. Then she comes to the reunion couch and she wants to continue this thing of like, I'm the victim. Everybody, please. She thought it was going to be like Shake, where everyone was against Shake at the reunion. And she almost achieved that. But I feel like other people on the couches were not so willing to just be like, yeah, fuck Cole. They were like, um, I'm not sure about this. And he was like, yeah, like you said, like, please show the footage. Please show the footage. And the, also, the other number one red flag is her Instagram. She, oh um, my God. So she has made it even worse by i have to pull this up excuse me one second did you see she altered her post no so she initially posted this thing with a long dear cole i'm sorry things didn't work out with us and then you know a few vague things she posted a bunch of happy pictures of them together which again you're like you said this man tore your self-esteem down at the same time you're like when cole's crying she can tell she went too far at the reunion so she's like cole i would do this all over again you are a good person and you're like Truly, what are you saying? In her Instagram post, then she says, Dear viewers, I'm sorry that I'm your villain. I'm sorry that you don't have the same triggers as me. I'm sorry you weren't in the relationship. I'm sorry you didn't hear the same things I did. That has all been deleted. She she has basically gone in the direction of Jax Taylor, where she's like from Vanderpump Rules, where she's like engaging with the haters. She posted a picture and the caption is, it's giving nagging, no fun, needs to lighten up, miserable to be around. And my personal favorite, a fucking bitch. Love you all. Okay. Honestly, it is giving that, Zenob. <laughs> it is giving nagging and no fun and needs to lighten up and miserable to be around and a fucking bitch. It's giving all that. So it's not like, oh, everyone's calling me a bitch because of the patriarchy. It's like, you are one. And you yelled at this guy over and over right. again about one towel being on the floor. He literally said, he's like, I understand where she's coming from. I'm really messy. But like, I w- had just opened my suitcase and was unpacking. And she already was like, why is your sock on the floor? Like, I'm sorry, but you need to work on yourself. And she's just like... it. It really brings back like a genuine rule, I feel like, for relationships, which is you should be treating your boyfriend or partner or girlfriend or wife, this isn't gendered, like you would treat a friend. If my friend poured wine into a stemless glass, I wouldn't say, hi, you know why people pour white wine is because you don't want to warm it with your hand, okay? If a friend told me that, I would say, get out of my home. You, I don't know you. And if a boyfriend said that to me, I would immediately dump him. I'm sorry. Yeah, I completely forgot about the wine thing. She just, she talked to him like he was a child. And 
it just was so like overwhelming and i'm just like you know what like i think all of you guys are just fucking idiots and i know we knew that but like the way they all were like standing with her like they're like yeah cole this i'm like guys come on like have some open-mindedness alexa was another person who i was like you cannot be dressed like a brat's doll right now I know she really was. I mean, they do seem so cute and I'm rooting for them and I'm rooting for SK and um, Raven. Uh, SK and Raven are the most attractive couple that has come out of this franchise. And they actually had, they are an argument for not getting married right away. Yeah, they were like doing it the normal way. Like he was like, I love you, but like we're still dating, yeah. I mentioned um, in a prior episode that SK looks like he was dropped into the scenario. Like, he looks too sane for this universe. Yeah. Because the way he he's not saying something weirdly overtly Christian or anything. I was more confused by Raven than because he thought she was going to be, like, super fit. She just ended up being extremely hot. Raven says... And she looked like she regretted it. The meanest thing you, I think you could ever say about someone when she says to about Nancy, um, she looks like a girl you would run into from high school who seems overly friendly. But you know what made that so mean is that it's, it's so very accurate. accurate. It's, she was like, she's the type of girl you would run into and be like, I don't want to talk to this person. It's like, it couldn't be more true. It was so specific, so hurtful, so true. It's like such a betrayal when you see those people and you think you have an agreement that's like, we're not going to say hi, like we have nothing to say to each other. And the person starts a conversation anyway. It's like, oh, my God. But I think Nancy is like too stupid to pick up on those cues. Also, Nancy, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I feel sorry for Nancy. But like her family's insane. Bartice is an actual villain piece of trash. But like I followed her on Instagram and I'm just like, <laughs> what is this like? She posted this sexy dance. It's like a TikTok, but I mean, it's a reel, so it wishes it was a TikTok. But she's doing like a sexy dance. And the the text that's coming up is what it's like to be a speech pathologist. And it's like helping children <laughs> with swallowing disorders while she's doing like a weird like twerk. And I'm like, what's going on, Nancy? Like, And then she posted something yesterday that she's like at Starbucks and she's like, um, the, the Bartice. Oops, sorry. I mean, the barista gave me a green tea with honey. Mm. I was like, what? Yeah, maybe doesn't um, know how to present me, herself online. What? She also, like the Vanessa Lachey, showed up looking like maybe she had a few. No, that was tough. Yeah, she looked <laughs> she, like She shit. looked like she had finished prom night. Like she was and like she done always looked after good prom. Throughout the season. She's beautiful. Yeah, throughout the season, I thought she looked the best out of like most anyone. But in fact, it was so insulting when Bartise was talking to her about how hot Raven was. I was like, you're looking at a beautiful woman. I don't I know. And also, yeah, Colleen... my sister's boyfriend said that uh, he was like, after looking at Bartise's hairline, what am I so worried about? Yeah. Colleen's dress was my favorite dress at the reunion, but she also is, she is about being abused. to be. She's about, she's about to be about a to be victim killed. of murder. Like this is the prologue to murder. I, like I said, I read a book, um, No Visible Bruises, about domestic violence. And after reading it, you can't stop thinking of men as murderers and women as victims. So I, it takes over your brain a little bit and you read some horrific shit. 
like I said, I've never suffered domestic abuse, but I now see men and women that way on reality TV shows. And I always think, no, that's crazy. No, that's crazy. Except for Colleen and Matt. That couple, I'm like, no, he will kill her. You don't even have to read a book. You just look at the face she made. Yeah, that's true. This giant man is like wrapping his whole body around her sitting on the couch. And she's like, and things have been um, going really well. And we have had some ups and downs. It's true. We had some obstacles, and but we've grown stronger from them. And also that they're like, we're the same person. This is something that came up in season one, too, that now that I'm rewatching it. Everyone does this thing of being like, we are the same person. Like Amber and um, Barnett in season one, they're like, we are the exact same person. It's crazy how much we're the exact same person. And I'm like, I personally have never been attracted to someone who is no. exactly similar to me. Like, I don't get where that comes from. It's I think they literally go through a checklist and they're like, do you like dogs? Me too. Do you like Breaking Bad? Me too. Do you watch Better Call Saul? Same. Oh my God, we're the same person. Like, we are the same person. It's so true. And it's also, I can't be with someone if they sleep as much as I do because we simply won't get anything done. We need to get to Bachelor in Paradise. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so back to the beaches of paradise. I think, again, the theme of this episode is men are trash. We've always said that, but sometimes women be crazy. So this is the thing. First of all, we thought this was the finale week of Bachelor in Paradise. It's actually not. Some There's, people didn't. There. Wait, I thought we talked about it being the finale. Last week we did. Oh, I I knew. I know the schedule. Okay. Truly pull up last week's episode and listen to yourself. And I think you will hear yourself saying that this week is the finale. Well, in the words of Kate Logan's abusive girlfriend on Bachelor in Paradise, that was eons ago. <laughs> I'm a different person now. She I'm says, a different person now. Which I couldn't relate to more being like, okay, when I made a mistake, that was not me. And Why are now talking about that still. That, person, that was two days ago. Oh, you have a problem with that person who I was yesterday. Okay, wake up. That's somebody else. I shed my skin and personality every day. So I'm like a lizard. Cut off that tail. I'll grow a new one. I grow a new one and I grow a whole new personality and nothing I did in the past matters. Okay. Um, it's not the finale. That's shocking. And also, here's the thing. We have Monday night's episode where we receive the Bethany Frankel of Paradise, which is Mara like marinara sauce from Clayton season. Wow, yes, she does have Bethany vibes. She's fast talking. She's sorry, but just it's not a fit for this show, this personality. She's a little bit too um, smart and with it and sorry, but like I'm not buying the 30s thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, fe- I'm feeling like it's in the 40s. And it's so funny. It's so true. She has and, a mom personality. She has a super mom personality. She has a super mom personality, and yet she's immediately like hitting on the youngest guy there. But that's He's also the only available guy. That's also because no one else would engage with her because everyone was crying on a day bed together because Rodney left. Which I'm still like late in in episode two when they were like when Flo was like, okay, this girl needs to be careful with Andrew because like he's clearly not doing well. It's like. Yes, this man has been crying for a full 24 hours because his friend left a beach vacation. Like, that's not normal. And he's like, it's just so hard because he would have loved that girl. So it's like, you guys have not been sleeping enough. You've been drinking too much. You need, <laughs> you need, like, you need you to need get a phones. better help. Se- they need a phone so they can do better help sessions. Like, no <laughs> one is okay. Okay, I want to say this about Andrew, too. Andrew is so hot. I literally was like, how tall is he? Like, maybe he could be my boyfriend. He is one of those guys who's overwhelmed by the female attention he's getting on this beach. Like, and literally, he doesn't like it. So many girls are like, please, Jasenia, who is truly one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Like, she's looks too pretty. Like, when I first saw her, I was just like annoyed because we look so different. But like, she's so beautiful. She is all over him and he like could barely he looked like he was getting like like, okay, arm twisted. I guess I'll date you when Brittany ends things with him. He's like, it's cool. (laughs) And and, and then, you know, this girl NC comes and he actually seems really excited to date her. And she's like super hot. He tells Jasenia he wants to go on this date. 
NC and him go on a date and they seem really into each other. NC is an interesting character we come to find. So they have a 90s dance, which they always do. Becca and Thomas come back. Thomas, I can't tell if he's um, enjoying his life or he has like some version of Stockholm Syndrome where he just knows like, I have to do this. First of all, I'm confused. Why is Rachel engaged? Did they film this right after? They they filmed this right after the show. Okay, so they hadn't broken up yet. Got it. So I think Rachel is in a bad place because she's in an engagement to... I literally couldn't for the life of me remember who she got engaged to. I have no idea. Tino. Um, Okay, Tino. So she's in a bad relationship and she's miserable and she's therefore trying to tear down other people's happiness. And as Logan points out, he left his season of The Bachelorette because of a strange illness and he wasn't able to explain himself. So Rachel steps in to explain to Kate that Logan's a bad person and he hasn't changed. I'm just like, guys, this isn't really friendship. This is a vendetta. Gabby is just kind of like sitting there laughing along, being goofy, bending down to hug people. But Rachel is like, no, he hasn't changed. He's a bad person. I don't trust yeah, him. I don't trust him. I don't like we him We trust you'll make the right decision. Just follow your heart. You know. She's like, you know. I know you know. I'm like, so oh my God. Victoria Fuller, who is a total classic villain and the internet seems to believe she's been like smoking weed because she is suddenly like a relaxed personality. She immediately starts talking about how she thinks Johnny is great. And she says like, I'm protective. Kate hates Logan. It's another example of like, Kate is waiting for the next best thing. She is at the same time of guilting Logan for even wanting to go on another date. She is and telling him she needs more from him. She is talking shit about him saying that he drives an orange Honda He's a dog walker. He's a dog walker. By the way, great job to have. Life hack to literally be a dog walker. She's exposing so much about his life in an attempt to get us to like understand why she doesn't want to be with him. Like I'm like, first of all, he has a car. He's already doing better than me. Second of all, he has a job. He's already doing better than me. <laughs> Third of all, he has a broken phone. If I were judged on that, I truly don't know like uh, where I would be today. Yeah. And... He is on the same reality show as you, bitch. And you went on a date with fucking weirdo Christian who left his dog with the caveman skull at home. (laughs) (laughs) At least, like, Logan loves the animals. Yeah, there's confusion there. But she's so mean to him, and he is so caught up with her. Shanae, who, you know, historically is a villain, Kate makes Shanae look like Mother Teresa. Yes. Agree. While Shanae is the the twins who are, you know, whatever, 23. And just like I think Marinara is actually 45. I think the twins are actually 17. And it's so funny watching like these women make out with like these boys. These boys need to go. It's like too disturbing. And it's also like, I don't know why they bring people on at this period. Like, it's just awkward for the people. It's mean. And it's weird. And I guess they were like trying to see. I think they were just trying to see if basically Logan would get like pulled away and he didn't by Mara. Um, Yeah, it's awkward. So Kate is just the villain. She's getting shredded online. I'm like, you need to reevaluate your life. Um, I know. I'm surprised that Gabby and Rachel are friends with her. I was like, oh, red flag. Does she also, and I thought I was the only one experienced this, her voice makes me insane someone online commented that her voice is worse than having diarrhea 
which I was like, okay, say something crueler. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot. It, she has that like falsified joy. For instance, she, when Rodney is leaving, people are crying. Genevieve is crying because she's just like a dramatic person. And Kate starts crying and you're like, bitch, you've been here for like four days. And Kate's like, you guys, this is getting me. That like really got me. Um, when Gabby and Rachel come, she like screams louder than anyone else. And she's like, we really need this. They are a breath of fresh air. You're like, I just can't like you. I just, there's no bone in my body. Yeah, you're like, keep trying, but like, it's not going to land. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So they do this 90s Sadie Hawkins dance. Which, by the way, the intro is that Becca and Thomas come and Becca's like, so I actually proposed to him, which... I will never get behind women proposing to men. Like, I just, that's not okay with me. And it's because 
women go through so much now we're going to be expected to do that like absolutely not and it's weird and embarrassing and no but the impetus behind the sadie hawkins dance is that becca's like i proposed to thomas therefore let's do a sadie hawkins dance and then is it michael the dad guy michael he's, he's the only one who remembers the 90s he's like oh shit, the 90s that was like my glory days and everyone else is like that's when i was potty training <laughs> everyone else is like i was born in 2000 yeah they're like i was born after 9 11. <laughs> seriously so they go to the sadie hawkins dance it actually looks really fun they all look like they're having a really good time they're doing a dance off etc andrew Sweet Andrew, who is maybe again, do they do psych evals? He doesn't see, he's like, I've been going through a lot. You're like, if you have been going through a lot in Mexico, not working, just hanging out and drinking and swimming in the pool, then like you need therapy. But he is going through a lot, even though women are like, I'm in love with you. Please date me. Jasenia, if he had proposed, probably would have said yes, like all of the above. And Flo, who I love, the Australian is like, Andrew's going through a lot and like everyone's being hot on him. I'm an actress. That's an Australian accent. Deal with it. So Jasenia asks to talk to him. By the way, I'm on Jasenia's side right now because he has been hooking up with her for like a couple of weeks and suddenly is like making out with NC on the dance floor, being like so all over her. Jasenia is like one of two people. Her and Marinara sauce are like stuck together. They're the only two who don't have a date. Like that is actually very painful. And I really felt for her and was like, why isn't every other girl being like, are you okay? I would literally be like, do you want to get out of here? I mean, I wouldn't be if I had a date. I would be like, that sucks. But like, I have to like make out with this person right now. But this is all to say, Jasenia takes Andrew aside and basically says like, what are you doing? Like, do you want a relationship? Because you basically wasted my time. And I think you're just skirting by Bachelor in Paradise. And Andrew suddenly opens up and he's like, honestly, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't available to you because I think that like my heart has been with Teddy, who was the first girl that he connected with who left because she had a conflict with a producer, as it says online. Okay. But what really happened there? Like, I don't really remember that. She basically was like, I just want to leave. But she had a conflict with producer um, and that's why she left. And on her Instagram, she posted stuff like always stick up for yourself in toxic environments. OK, then NC out crazies everyone on the beach. Genevieve, who always is at like an eight to ten on the emotional scale. NC is like, why is he talking to Jasenia? Like, what is going on right now? Like, this is really upsetting. Even Genevieve's like, oh, yeah. Kate is the only one who's like, yeah, it is upsetting because Kate is like a social chameleon. But everyone else else is like, oh, yeah, well, they like they definitely dated. And NC is like, they have no they have no history. What are you talking about? NC has been there for 24 hours. She went on one date with this guy. NC goes up to him while he's talking to Jasenia, clearly having like an emotional conversation and says, I don't know what you're doing. Will you walk away with me? And he goes, I need to finish this conversation. And she goes, she is going to ask you to validate her and you are not going to be able to validate her. Jasenia has tears in her eyes and is like, that's not what's happening. Okay, but let me just say quickly, whatever Jasenia is doing is also crazy. Like she's just that's telling, true. she's like telling Andrew that she thinks he's a bad person for not no, like that's true. That's engaging true. It with is. her. I I'm saying I feel bad for her because he's making out with someone in front of her after dating her on like, and she's yes, like the only single totally. person there. 
But it's also vague what she's saying too. like, I don't think you're available for love, even though it's like, well, he's clearly like pursuing someone. It's just not you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think like I get I get why she was upset, but it's weird. But also the reason why he wanted to stay in the conversation was to try to explain himself because he wanted to say like, yes, you're right. Like, whatever. I wasn't open, but it's not because the reasons you think I'm not a bad person. He's defending his own honor. And NC is like, you need to leave. And then Jasenia has words of truth, which is that she says, okay, you're giving him an ultimatum right now. And that's not really fair, which I agree. Because NC literally says leave or like, I don't see a future between us. And you're like, you, he is having a conversation. Yeah. So during the second half of this episode, you see Andrew, like it has a come to Jesus moment about NC, which is like, oh, this person is crazy. She comes up to him again and says like, Lee, I need you to step away, et cetera. He says, I swear I will talk to you later. I need to finish this conversation. Jasenia leaves. Like, she's like, okay, I'm leaving, which I agree. She's just, and by the way, I would leave too. It's like, I'm, you're not going to meet someone else here unless the producers like hook you up. And there's really no point. There's like one week left. So Jasenia leaves and he goes up to NC and is like, hey, NC. She goes immediately, what the fuck? Which you're like, this is absolutely cuckoo bananas. She then proceeds. He tells her, like, I really like you, but my heart, I've realized, is like, in, I, I still haven't gotten over Teddy. She proceeds to physically try to not let him leave multiple times. It's like, Andrew, 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 please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Do not leave. At one point, he goes, dude, which is. Yeah, he was finally like, <laughs> had enough. He was trying to be nice for so long. And it's also like I kept seeing stuff on Twitter because I could, can't watch the episode until the day after because I don't have cable. Sorry. Um, but I kept seeing stuff on Twitter about like I saw someone posted a thing and it was like the poster for how to lose a guy in 10 days. But it was how to lose a guy in two hours. And it was a picture <laughs> of NC and Andrew. And I'm like, what happened? Like, I know something happens here, but what happens? So when she first went up to him, I was like, oh, that was annoying. But like, whatever. But then the holding on was like, oh, the my physical- God. The physical holding on was so disturbing. And also, like, he could not have looked like I've never seen someone not want to be in a situation more. I've seen war. I've seen war documentaries where people look happier to be on, like, the beaches of Normandy or wherever the fuck. Okay, that was a documentary. It was Dunkirk. (laughs) But it's like they look happier to be there than he looked to be being held by her. And I was like, this is so off. And then she cries so hard in the van. I was like, again, these people are just having mental breakdowns at this point. It's like, it's not really anything to do with him. And she said in the van, she was like, I knew we weren't going to get engaged, but I thought we could at least like leave here together. And it's like, okay, so you just wanted the image of like leaving in a couple. And she also like ate a tissue in the back of the, like things are a piece of tissue out of her mouth. That is things are not going okay for any of these people. Yeah. Again, much like, I think Andrew's probably like 10 times the person, but I looked at pictures of him to be like, is he okay? I will also say this because of the aspect of reality TV, you can see the men, especially except for Aaron, who doesn't know that he's like lighting his reputation on fire. You can see the men being very careful because they do not want to be cast as villains. So when Jasenia is confronting Andrew, you can see the wheels turning of like, okay, I've got to be like very careful about this. I have to be like kind and like acknowledge her experience. And you see the same thing with NC where Andrew just repeatedly sighs because it's like, okay, I'm dealing with a crazy person. How do I extract myself? He's like, NC, let me go. Let me go. 
let me go. Yeah. Flo, who is like the really hot Australian with the chest tattoo. Um, and she is the one, unfortunately, she also has love tattooed on the back of her arm, which is unfortunate. She is the one who is like, this is not the way to make Andrew fall in love with you. I know. I'm like, why don't they just be together? But also like no one should be together here. They all need to just go home and like self-soothe for a solid <laughs> 40, 45 days. But also we forgot. OK, so that and then we forgot to even talk about the itchy versus painful fight. The fact that Genevieve almost left the island again because she got in an argument with Aaron because she said, I'm like annoyed. And he said, don't be stressed. And she said, I'm not stressed. There's a difference between stressed and annoyed. And he was like, no, it's the same thing. And she's like, no, it's not. And then he said, that's like saying being itchy is different than being in pain. And she was like, it is different. And the, the fight escalated such that she packed up her suitcases again. This means, I mean, this does mean that Genevieve is a girl after my own heart, meaning I don't ever unpack my suitcase. I leave it in a pile on the floor for weeks at a time. Like I am not, I'm not fully unpacking ever. So I think she just like closes it up, stuffs everything in. And she's like, all right, let's pretend we're leaving. And then he talks her down again. I like Genevieve and I like Aaron. And even though Aaron is clearly toxic, like my attraction to him is such that it's really hard for me to acknowledge reality. And I love Genevieve so much. She is a girl after my own heart because she is so dramatic and I am a big fan of threatening to leave. I I've done that my entire since I've had relationships. I'm a big fan of like as soon as there's a conflict, like heading to the door. And I actually like loved it as a power move. Um, and only currently am I realizing that it's maybe not healthy. I also identified with um, the obnoxious wife on White Lotus season two when she's talking about her husband. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend the night here because he has abandonment issues and it'll freak him out. And okay. I realized like that's a joke for the show, but I have done stuff like that in the past because um, I'm a fucked up person. I'm also slowly like I'm like I'm her. I think an old version of myself would have been like, I'm the Aubrey Plaza character, but I'm like, no, I'm her. Like <laughs> I'm unfortunately I'm, her. I'm her. I don't read the news anymore. I don't follow anything that could make me possibly sad. I don't want to engage in that. Well, I do read the news, but I am her in that I I'm kind of in relationships sometimes like I'm just going to turn a blind eye because I like my life right now. So you can do something fucked up. You can flirt with another girl and I'll just have to get over it because I really like you. I've done that. OK, I guess I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm I, I actually relate to Becca so much in the in the 90s dancing when the girls are doing their choreographed dance, which I guess they came up with in a matter of 30 seconds unless maybe they were filming. It. They were maybe filming that scene for like 72 full hours and we didn't know, but somehow they choreographed a dance and Becca blocks Thomas's eyes so he can't see the girls dancing. I relate strongly to that. So maybe I am not like the blonde woman in that sense of the marriage, but I am vapid. <laughs> and that's well, what all. I'm trying to say is I'm vapid and I can be manipulative. Yeah. But yeah. yes, I love I, I. Oh, my gosh. When I was in high school, I threatened breakups like like asking someone what they wanted for lunch. Whenever we got into a fight or I got annoyed, I was like, maybe we should just end this thing. And then whenever my boyfriend was like, fine, I was like, why wow. are you giving up? Wow. This? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I love that move. I love that. I love that little bit of chaos. I love that energy. Um, But, you know, you know, I am ready for a mature relationship in maybe 10 years. Oh, OK, well, I am ready for 
the type of love where someone will always find me on the path with my suitcase. And that's all yes, that really matters yes. to me. And I think that I think my prediction for next week based on the preview is that Jesse Palmer is going to ask Serene and Justin if they want to get married. Brandon. Brandon. Sorry. Serene and Brandon if they want to get married on the beach because it's obvious that they're so meant to be together. Also, when he was watching her dance, they showed a shot of him watching her do the choreographed dance. And I was like, for a man to be that enamored watching you do one of the dumbest things I can possibly imagine, which is a choreographed dance with a group of other adults, that is something to aspire towards. This man wants to be married. He wants to be married. This man wants to be married. He just is looking for a nice girl. Serene, actually, I could see her on this last episode looking overwhelmed. Like, he's like, are you ready to be engaged? And she just smiles at him like, oh, my God, this is really. And she's like, yes, I think they're going to make it, though. I know I'm rooting for them, too. If I met someone like that, oh, my God, I would tie him down so quickly. I would be like, this guy likes me. He's so nice. He's loyal. He cried because I looked hot. I don't see that happening. I know that is, when I walk out. That is really the main thing. He cried because I looked hot. Like, that's incomprehensible. Well, we will keep you updated. This has been a fun Bachelor in Paradise ride, so we're excited to um, discuss the finale next week. And speaking of White Lotus, I think this season is going to give us something to comment on eventually. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, there's it's a, a lot. lot and to it's be the homoeroticism is something I appreciate at this point in my life. Agree. And on that note, Devin, I love you. Love you. Bye. so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes nearly 10 million dollars was all gone it's just unbelievable hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.